Hello and welcome to the Need to Lead podcast, where we explore everything leadership related in order to help you get the best out of yourself and those around you. This is episode four. I'm your host, Adam Malloy. And so far throughout the Need to Lead podcast, we've covered a few really important foundational pieces around leadership and what you need or maybe don't need in order to be an effective developed leader. So in episode one, we went through just a little bit of an introduction to the podcast, what it's about, what we're here to do. Second episode, we covered what leadership is not and why it's important to have clarity on what we're not talking about when we speak about leadership and different situations that I'm sure you've been prone to in life where there's an absence of leadership that can really tarnish our relationship with viewing ourselves as leaders or thinking we could step into a leadership role either for ourselves or for other people. And then on episode three, the last episode, we went through what leadership is. So what we are talking about when it comes to leadership. And we broke down leadership into the two main forms of leadership that we can look at, which is self-leadership and external leadership. And self-leadership is obviously referring to leading yourself, holding yourself accountable, setting targets, setting goals for yourself, whether it's in your career, in your business, in your fitness, in your health, in your family, in your finances, whatever area of life you want to work on how to lead yourself to success in those areas. And we spoke about how important self-leadership is in any realm of life, because if you're going to effectively lead others, you need to lead yourself properly first. And then we went into leading others, what that looks like. I gave you a very simple framework that I was given by a mentor of mine to help understand leadership in a, an external context, working with another person or another group of people to help get alignment on situations, clarity on goals, outcomes, etc., and help make sure we're all rolling together in the same direction, moving towards an outcome that's beneficial for everybody. And I think that's a really good foundation for us to have at this stage. It's very early days in the podcast, so thank you for listening in. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, I'd recommend going back and just starting at the beginning. It will make sense. It will build up sequentially from there, and will just help you get your head around some more stuff around leadership, what it is, what it isn't, and maybe some situations that you're in at the moment or have been in in the past, either as the leader or the leadee or whatever the name is, the follower, let's say. And maybe areas where you can work on or improve areas that you might do really well in and excel at. And then we can start to piece all this together to help develop you into a better, more present, um, I suppose more productive, ultimately, leader to help move you or whoever else you're leading towards success, towards the outcomes that you actually want to achieve. So on today's episode of the podcast, being that's episode four, I want to cover some of the leadership lies that exist out there. All right, some of the myths around leadership, some of the stories that we've been told or maybe tell ourselves, or some of the assumptions that we make around leadership, what it is, what it isn't, who can lead, who can't lead, what it takes, maybe what it doesn't take, etc. Who's a fit to be a leader, who's not a fit to be a leader. And all these stories that we can tell ourselves or maybe have told ourselves in the past around leadership. Because there's going to be five leadership lies that I'm going to go through. And these lies can really destroy our relationship with leadership. They can really turn us off the idea of leadership. We think leaders are all bad people. We think leaders are dictators. You know, if you even hear the word leader for a lot of people, it brings up really negative images. People like Hitler, Stalin, Donald Trump, whoever the idea of a bad leader is for you. When you even hear the word leadership, it brings up generally this idea of a real patriarchal figure who's you know domineering and all-encompassing and just leads with punishment with an iron fist and has no heart right has no humanity has no empathy is a really harsh brutal cold person and generally we get these stories from 
leader experiences. So we grew up and were led by people in that sense. Coaches, managers, teachers, parents, bosses, all of these people can all impact on our relationship with leadership and do it in quite a negative way. So I want to help dispel some of the myths because one of the big things that I hear a lot of people say when we speak about leadership, when we talk about developing your own leadership skills, is this idea that I'm not a leader. I can't be a leader. And this idea of what a leader is and what a leader isn't generally stems from experiences we've had with people who are in those leadership positions. And generally, they're not very nice people. They can be very, as I said, mean, domineering, just cold, brutal, make you feel bad about yourself. And you don't want to do that to other people. So straight away, you make the assumption that, well, leaders make other people feel bad because I had a bad leader who made me feel like shit. I don't want to make other people feel like shit. So therefore, I'm just not cut out to be a leader. I'm too kind. I'm too nice. I'm too X, Y, Z. And that's one of the big lies of leadership that we'll touch on in a couple of minutes. Because leadership is not a personality. Leadership is not a character. Leadership is not a person. Leadership, as I've said before, is a skill. And I've used the analogy before of a toolbox and the different leadership tools we can have. Every single person on the planet, whether you're introverted, extroverted, optimistic, pessimistic, male, female, whatever, gender, race, color, religion, etc., that you belong to or subscribe to, you can be a leader and be a better leader. And it doesn't mean you're going to go and lead a sports team. It doesn't mean you're going to go lead a country. It doesn't mean any of that. But what it does mean is that you have a, uh, an opportunity, a right, but also a responsibility to grow that capacity. Because as you can see clearly in the world today, there's a lot of issues that need to be solved. And one of the big bonuses of leaders, one of the big duties of leaders is to solve problems, right? Solve problems in the right way to do the right thing for the right reasons, even if it's difficult, even if it's hard. And the more people we can have who develop into that and step into it and take ownership and responsibility to go and solve things, and it doesn't mean you need to solve massive things. You don't need to go solve world hunger or anything like that. But if you can solve the problems in your own life, maybe help solve some of the problems in some of other people's lives or help them to solve them. And every single person does that. The world will be an infinitely better, let's say, place than it is right now. And that's why leadership is something I'm so passionate about. It's why it's something that I think everybody should subscribe to and work on and grow to enhance their abilities with. Because if every single person in the world was a better leader, I think the world would be a much better place. And so with that, we'll roll into the five leadership lies. And the first one I want to start with is a very common misconception, which is leaders have to be loud. Leaders have to be extroverts. Leaders have to be this personality type. And generally, it's personality types of people who are very arrogant, cocky. They like the sound of their own voice. They like to scream. They like to shout. They like to make a scene. All these things. They like being the center of attention. And why do we think that that's a common misconception? Well, if you look at different um, movies, different stories, generally comes from those places or different examples of leadership that you would have had growing up, whether it's, again, like I said, sports coaches, teachers, managers, principals, all of these people, generally we'll have a idea in our head or a picture in our head of what a leader looks like and generally it's one of those types it's someone who likes to be the center of attention likes to just talk and scream and show etc and because that's what we've been privy to that's what we've watched growing up that's what we've grown up around and being subject to we automatically make the assumption that that's what a leader is and if i don't fit that personality type or that's not the way that i roll that's not how i carry myself then i'm not a leader 
and we just automatically discount ourselves and say that can't be me and i'll give you a, a real life example of this for me because this is one of the places that my leadership journey began growing up i loved football i played football constantly played for lots of different teams and i was captain of a few of the teams that i played for I was captain for school teams growing up some of the clubs outside of school that i played for and on two separate occasions as a teenager i was dropped from being captain so I was the captain and then the manager basically said, right, you're not being captain anymore. And both of the times I was dropped as captain, the reason that I was given is because I wasn't loud enough. Okay. On the pitch, I didn't shout enough. I didn't scream enough at the other players. I didn't, you know, go mad at players when they weren't in position or weren't tracking back or weren't uh, holding on to possession, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what the manager wanted. He wanted someone out on the pitch who was going to do all those things. And it wasn't me. Right, I wasn't doing it. Even though he told me two or three times, he'd be like, Adam, I want you to talk more. I want you to be louder on the pitch, etc. That wasn't me. And I'd try fake it, you know, my scream and shout, well done, or come on, boys, every now and again to try uh, appease him and keep him on side. But ultimately, it just didn't work out. And on the back of those two experiences, I caught myself falling into that pattern of thinking, well, I'm just not a leader. I just can't be a captain. I'm not supposed to be a captain. It's for someone else, someone who's louder someone who likes to shout and scream etc etc that's not true leaders come in all shapes and sizes leaders come in all forms and formats now different people may want different leaders and different types of leaders at different times to carry them right and again i've said it multiple times on other episodes i'm going to use football analogies constantly throughout these podcasts because that's the world that i understand the most but if you look from a, a leadership perspective on a football team and you look at the premier league you can see the vast differences in the types of leaders who exist within there you know some of them play as center back some are goalkeepers some are strikers some are center midfielders right they play in all different positions some of them are louder more aggressive angry types some of them are calmer quieter leaders more by example than anything else you know if you think of the likes of the old days right like the Roy Keynes or the Patrick Viers who would have been the leaders of their teams and then you look at people like maybe a Gary Neville right someone who's uh, maybe not the most technically gifted, not the best player on the team, but someone who's able to get into the lads and he understands the culture of the club and what it stands for. And he's going to go out and die on a shield for the team. Like there's different types of leaders and different leaders suit different situations. But just because you're not a loud, aggressive, angry, extroverted type of person does not mean you can't be a leader. And in fact, there's plenty of skills at thought to say introverts make the best leaders because they're not so self-obsessed because they're not always focusing on themselves and being the center of attention, they create the space and the stage for others to step up to the plate. They don't feel the need to have all the answers. They don't feel the need to fill every silence with words and with motivational BS. They're happy to just stay to themselves, be a, a reliable rock behind the scenes and let other people go and do what they need to do. And in some situations, that's the best, most productive form of leadership. So just because you're not the picture of leadership you have in your mind doesn't mean you can't lead and doesn't mean you can't be a leader and definitely does not mean you can't grow and enhance your own leadership capacities. So that's the first leadership lie. The second leadership lie is that leaders need to have all the answers. So this idea that if you're the leader, you're the one in charge. If you're the leader, you're the one responsible. So if you're the leader, you need to know absolutely everything. If someone asks you a question, you need to have the answer. And if you don't have the answer, then you're not fit to lead. And this is one of the big reasons why imposter syndrome is such a big thing for leaders. Because 
they're entering a realm where maybe they're not the experts. Maybe they don't have all the answers. And every time they get questioned, every time someone asks them something, they feel like they need to have the answer. They feel like they need to be able to list off every single answer to every single question someone could possibly ask them. And if they don't know the answer, they're not fit for the job. They're not good enough leaders. And that's a lie. The role of a leader is not to have all the answers. The responsibility of leaders to be able to get the answers though. And that's a very big difference. You don't need to have all the answers, right? You don't need to know absolutely everything, but you need to know how to get the answers or you need to know how to get things aligned to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And an easy example of this is Elon Musk <clears throat> because he's probably one of the most well-known leaders out there. I know he's quite popular on social media, on Twitter and stuff like that, but everyone has heard of Elon. Everyone knows little bits about what he does. And obviously now, his big thing is Tesla is getting to Mars, getting to the moon, getting rockets out there, trying to make space travel something that everyone can do, you know, make like day trips to Mars or however long it takes to get there. And the example I always use is, do you think Elon Musk is walking around the factory floor in Tesla telling the scientists what to do with the rockets in terms of telling them how to build the rocket, how to program the rocket, etc.? No. Now, he's a very smart man, so he probably does know a little bit about it. <clears throat> but ultimately, he understands that's not his gig. He is not the expert in that area. He employs people who are experts in that area to have those answers, right? So he doesn't need to know <clears throat> how to build a rocket to get to Mars. He doesn't need to know all the physics and calculations that go into getting a rocket to Mars. He just needs to know who to bring in, who does have those answers, so he can get the job done. That's what a leader does. So if you're in a leadership position, you don't need to know everything. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to be the one source of knowledge that everybody comes to for absolutely everything. But you do need to know how to get things aligned and get things in place so that you can get the answers that you need. And that involves the people, the facilities, the systems, the resources in place within the company, the team, the organization, et cetera, everything else. So that when the time comes and you need a question answered, you need to achieve something, you know where to go to get it and get it done. So that's the second leadership lie. The third leadership lie is that leadership is a one-way street. And this is something that I spoke about on episode two, where we spoke about what leadership is not. And one of the situations I gave is that a leader comes in and basically says, this is the goal. This is what we're going to do. This is your job. Go and do it. Right. We have this idea that leadership is basically just assigning tasks mindlessly to people. Say, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Go and do this. Go and do that. And where that tends to come from is experiences that we've had with leaders more so in work life, <clears throat> sometimes in school, right? Because in school, you're told, this is your homework, go and do it. Oh, I don't give a shit if, you know, your parent is sick and a family member is dying and you've got X, Y, Z going on outside school. That's your homework. Bring it in tomorrow. If it's not done, you're getting detention, right? That very harsh, critical, unempathetic, let's say, way of looking at things and assigning projects and tasks to people. And that can carry on into real work in life. You just get a manager who just comes in and throws work on your desk and says, go and get that done. There's no discussion. There's no conversation around, can you get this done? Do you have the skills? Do you have the bandwidth? Do you have the mental space to be able to do all this? It's just, this is your job. You get paid to do it, so go and do it. That's not leadership. Now, one caveat to this is everything that I've said there is embedded in the fact that, yes, the leader is responsible for getting to an outcome. It's leadership's job, it's leader's role to hit the objective, whatever that may be. So a leader does need to know what direction things have to go in. And he does or she does have to know what needs to be hit, what milestones need to be hit along the way. 
But just going in and shouting and screaming at people and telling them this is your job to go and do it is not leadership. It has to be more of a two-way conversation. You have to get buy-in from people. You have to get people on side. You have to develop that relationship with your people. Because otherwise, what's going to happen is that in the short term, you may get stuff done. You may get the wheels moving. But in the long run, it's going to be a mess. And you see this constantly in lots of companies where they have a high turnover rate of staff. They're constantly hiring new employees. People are leaving, etc. And you may have experiences of this in your own life. Like I've lost count of the amount of people who I've spoken to who work, say, mid-level jobs, right? And the opportunity may be there for them to go and progress and get more money. But they say, you know, I don't want to do that because I don't want everything that comes with having more money. And we see him as a leader, let's say, there seems to be this idea that if I just pay people more money or I'm paying people this money, so they just need to go and do the job. That doesn't work in the long run. You end up born in relationships. People feel undervalued. People feel like you don't give a shit about them. People feel like they're not respected, like they're not wanted, like they're just a pawn in your game. And you're not going to get that long-term buy-in that actually builds a flywheel to enable your success and continued success for the long run. So leadership is not a one-way street. And if you treat it like it is, you may get places quickly, but you won't get there for very long. It won't be sustainable. And there's an old African proverb. Let me try to think of it. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's the one. And that's what leadership encompasses. If you want to just get things done now, fine, go treat people like shit. Go punish people. Go say, this is your job. Do or you're sacked. You'll get stuff done today. But if you want to get stuff done tomorrow and next week and next month and next year, then you need to go together. And you don't get that by running down a one-way street. It needs to be a two-way street. You need to treat your people with respect. You need to help them feel valued. You need to make them feel part of the process. You need to get their personal goals aligned with the company, the organizations, the team's goals. Because when you do that, you get it in return. You get respect. You get value. You get buy-in. You get trust. You get love. Jose Mourinho is a manager who I'm sure you've heard of before. And one of the big things that a lot of players who've played for him say is that they'd run through a brick wall for him. And not many managers get that. But he seems to be one who a lot of players who he's coached in the past come back and say he's the one manager who, if he called me at 5 a.m. in the morning saying, I need you to do this or I need help with this, I'd go and do it. I'd go through a brick wall for him. Because he's got that. Whatever he's done, whatever way he's built that relationship with his players, they know he cares about them. They know he respects them. They know he values them. There is an essence of he loves them in some way. And they give that back. And that's what leadership is about. It's relationships at the end of the day. So that's the third leadership lie. The fourth leadership lie is that leaders are cold, mean, heartless people. And I understand where that myth that we tell ourselves for that lie that gets thrown around comes from. Because as I said previously, at the end of the day, leaders are responsible for getting an outcome. At the end of the day, it is the leader's job to get the goal achieved in whatever way that looks like. So if it's football, for example, it's the manager's job, if he's in a, maybe a top six team, to get into the Champions League. It's the manager's job to win the league. It's the manager's job to be competitive in the Cups. And if he's not, he's sacked. Even though he's not the one on the pitch kicking the ball, even though he's not the one who really has any impact on what happens in the moment, in the game, he's not running around, flying into tackles and making passes, etc. Even though he's not doing that, ultimately he's the one whose head is on the chopping board if things don't get done or if targets aren't hit. And that's the case for leadership across the board. So as a leader, your role will involve making decisions. And they won't always be fun. They won't always be easy. And you won't always want to have to make them. 
But just because that's part of being a leader does not mean that a leader is a heartless person. It doesn't mean they're cold. It doesn't mean they're harsh and mean. And it definitely doesn't mean you don't care. There's a guy called Jack Welsh who used to be the CEO, I think, or director of General Electric back in maybe the 70s or 80s. And he's kind of the typical example of a what you'd imagine a cold, heartless leader, right? Because he came in and his whole philosophy was, we're going to make this company. I think his goal was to make General Electric the top three, within the top three um, companies in the US, United States, yeah. And he said, if we if we can't do that, if we can't be top three, then I don't want to be involved. Like I, I don't want to play with people who are just happy to be top 10. I don't want to be, you know, lounging around being comfortable in fifth or sixth place. I want to be top three. And if we're not, then it's not for me. And if you look at the stats or read stuff about it, you'll see that by the time he went in and he was there for quite a while, there was a long time he was in charge. And pretty much every year that he was in charge, the turnover rate of staff was massive. Like I'm talking maybe 60, 70-ish percent every single year, people getting sacked and let go. Because he came in and he ruled with an iron fist and said, this is the job. This is your target. If you get it done, you'll be well paid. You'll be looked after. If it's not done, target's not here. You'll be sacked and I'll get someone else in who can do it. And that can feel very heartless and mean. And I understand why we have the associations of leaders being that kind of people. But for the most part, leaders aren't and shouldn't be that kind of person. And I mentioned it on a previous podcast, but particularly in today's age with the millennial movement, let's say, and the way that we're stepping into the workforce now, you can see even after COVID, there's a great resignation, right? There's a great realization, some people are calling it, where people are in jobs and maybe have been in jobs for 10, 15, 20 years and had a bit of a break during the pandemic where they could take a step back and assess life and say, you know what? I don't enjoy this. I don't like it. I don't enjoy going to work. I wake up every morning dreading it. I don't feel valued. I don't feel respected. And yet I get paid and I pay me bills. But you know what? There's more to life than that. And the fact of the matter is there is a lot more to life than that. So as a leader, as I've spoken about before, our aim should always be long-term success, building something that lasts beyond ourselves. And if we're going to achieve that, we need to have our people on board and on side with us. And so leadership is built on relationships. And so if your leader or you as a leader are cold, mean and heartless, well then guess what? Your relationships are not going to last. You're going to piss people off. You're going to bore people. People will leave. You will get a reputation of being that kind of leader. People will not want to work with you or for you. And ultimately, you will fail in some way, shape or form. Eventually, it will catch up on you. So leaders can be cold, mean and heartless as any other type of person can be. But for long-term success, they shouldn't be. As I said, leadership is built on relationships. So everything you do as a leader should be, at least with the intention of being, in a way that's going to positively impact the relationships of the people who you work with, work for, work in conjunction with, whatever way it works. Everything you do as a leader should be to positively enhance that relationship, not negatively do it. Because if you lead with that, or in fist, as I've said, if you lead from a perspective of punishment and that more, uh, if you have ever heard of Douglas McGregor's Theory X, Theory Y manager, that Theory X manager of just viewing people as lazy, incompetent, selfish, they don't want to work, they just want to do the bare minimum and go home and forget about work and oh, I have to pay them every week to do fuck all, all these blah, blah, blah. If that's your attitude going into working with the people you work for, that's going to play out in your relationship with them and ultimately things aren't going to work very well and it's not going to be enjoyable for you for them or for the company or organization. So that's the fourth leadership lie. 
And the final one, number five, is that leaders have to get it right every time. That's the final lie, because leaders do not have to get it right every time. Obviously, we'd love to get it right every time, as even if you're not a leader, you'd love to get things right all the time. You'd love to get the little numbers right every night. You'd love to get your little five quid bet on a Saturday evening on Paddy Perro right every time. But that doesn't happen. But as a leader, you're not judged off one decision. You're judged off to some of your decisions. And this goal is not just for achieving goals and outcomes, but also with people. So I'll kind of break it down. As a leader, you're not going to be judged based off one failure. If a target is set and it's not hit, you're not going to, for the most part, unless maybe you're the Chelsea manager or the Watford manager, you're not going to lose your job based off of that. You may lose your job if you don't hit your target and you don't know why. Or you don't hit your target and you don't accept any responsibility for that. You try to pawn it off to other people. You try to say, I didn't hit it because this person's not good enough and you're not good enough and you're not good enough, etc. If you don't understand your own contribution to failures and you're not able to identify plans of action to improve things and paths forward so that next time there's a better outcome, then you may lose your job. But just because you failed isn't the reason you lose. It's how you failed and why you failed. That's why you can lose your job or whatever else comes with it. But when it comes to relationships with people, we don't have to get them right every time either. And this is something I spoke about on the last episode, which is the idea of a relationship with people as a bank account. And every interaction you have with people either deposits money into that bank account, it's a positive experience, or it withdraws money from that bank account and is a negative experience. When you're engaging with people, you're not going to get it right every time. There are some situations that might require a bit more empathy, a bit more compassion. And you might come at it from the opposite angle. You might decide to push them. You might decide to be a bit more aggressive, let's say, in your approach or a bit more um, less tiptoeing around the edges and more just getting stuck into the data and the numbers and holding them accountable. And maybe that's the wrong approach for that person in that moment. That's okay. That's not going to kill your relationship or destroy your relationship. Now, if you get it wrong every single time, then that's obviously going to lead to a negative experience. But the aim of leadership isn't that we get it right every time, but it's to get it right enough times so that the times we do get it wrong, we're cool. We can move past that. And that's all built under a relationship that we establish with people. Because if fundamentally people feel like we trust them, we respect them, and we value them, and we've built that environment, that culture with one another, where we can be open, we can be honest, and they trust our intentions that when we criticize them, when we judge them, when we come at them about not hitting targets or holding them accountable to things, if they trust our intentions come from a good place of wanting them to succeed and to live up to their full potential, then we can afford to get it wrong sometimes, right? We can afford to come in a bit more aggressive when really they need an arm around the shoulder because they know it's in good stead. They know our intentions are pure behind it. And even though we might withdraw a few quid from the bank balance in that one moment, there's enough money in there that it's fine. The relationship isn't completely bankrupt. Right? We've still got more capital in the bank that we can add to moving forward. And that's what it means when I say leaders don't have to get it right every time. You don't need to have a 100% hit rate. You do need to understand why if you do miss, you got it wrong, what your contribution to that was. That's important, but you don't need to get it right every single time. And when it comes to dealing with people, again, you don't have to be uh, like 100% in terms of having the right approach at the right time every single time with every single person. Because depending on the amount of people that are under your control or under your service as a leader, it's impossible. Right? You may be serving hundreds, some people even thousands of people. 
it's impossible for you to get that right every single time. But what the aim is, is that you get it right enough times so that the times you do get it wrong, don't mess everything up. It doesn't send the bank account into an overdraft. It doesn't make you bankrupt. It just means that, okay, I need to learn from that. I need to go in. Maybe sometimes you might need to hold your hand up and apologize and say, sorry about that. I got it wrong. That's not what you needed at that time. This is the reason why I came at that approach. That didn't serve you best. So look, this is what I want to do for you moving forward. And sometimes as leaders, we just need to hold our hands up and say, I got it wrong. That's on me. I got it wrong and I'm sorry. Because that goes a very long way for people in terms of maintaining that relationship of trust. All right? So guys, those are the five leadership lies. So I'll repeat them just as we close off the episode. So firstly, leaders, the first lie is leaders have to be loud and extroverts. They do not. The second lie is that leaders need to have all the answers. Completely false. You do not need to have all the answers. The third lie was that leadership is a one-way street. And we went through why that isn't the case. Because if it's going to run and succeed in the long run, it needs to be a two-way street. Fourth, the, the fourth lie was leaders have to get it right. Every or Sorry, leaders are cold, mean, and heartless. Which again, we said is incorrect. That's not true. And particularly when it comes for long-term success, it's not the case. And then last but not least, how... The lie was that leaders have to get it right every time. And why that's not true, why you don't need to always have the right answer, why you don't need to have 100% hit rate or 100% accuracy on your uh, your goal scoring charts or anything like that. Why you can't afford to get it wrong once you have laid the preconditions for that and created that environment of trust and safety for people. All right. So those are the five leadership lies. And this has been episode four of the Need to Lead podcast. So please, as usual, share this on your social medias. I hope you got some value from that. I hope you took some stuff away. Please feel free to reach out to me. Let me know what you've been getting from these episodes. If anything has stood out so far, if there's anything you would like me to cover moving forward, whether that's practical examples of situations you've had where you'd like some advice or some feedback or some thoughts or suggestions. If you've got a situation coming up that you want to, I suppose, play out and see what different ways you could go about handling that, I'd be more than happy to do anything like that, some more practical case studies on the podcast. But until next time, guys, please share with a friend, tag somebody, let people know. I think a lot of people will value and benefit from hearing this sort of stuff and help them to develop the leader in yourself, but everyone else around you. So until next time, look after yourself and take care of yourself.